Welcome to City on a Hill Gaming, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Let's meet our players. Hi, I'm Grant, and I'm playing Trather Wimblin, a human fighter. Hi, I'm Jenny, and I'm going to be playing John Abermere, a crimson-born human. Peter, Bertrand Greystone, Dwarven Forge Cleric. William R. Ericocro Magi. Daniel, I am playing Vatten. I am a half-elf ranger. Hi, my name is Ben, and I am Twig, or Shem. I am a rogue bard and a, a goliath. We hope you enjoy our episode. Uh, so you guys are in the headquarters of the Injanu. Uh, and the Injanu are sort of a group of adventurers who venture out past the kingdom you live in to explore the wild lands uh, on the other side of a place called the Drop. So you guys live in the kingdom of Injoru. And Injoru is kind of situated on its own island on the far northern northeastern side of the world of Selensar. And in Injoru, when you come ashore, there's a lot of jungle and a lot of dangerous creatures. And then you kind of come to this chasm. And this chasm surrounds another part another piece of land, but this chasm is 200 feet wide, drops off 200 feet, is filled with water at the bottom. And on the other side, there's just more jungle. At least that's what it looks like to people who visit the island not knowing any better. What you guys know is that on the other side of that chasm, hidden underneath a field uh, that kind of looks like a jungle, is the kingdom of Injoru. And it's a kingdom made up of halflings, gnomes, and warforged. No one's really sure where the Warforged come from because no one in Injoru is making them. They're good soldiers, they're strong, hardy workers, and they seem like friendly people. Uh, so you guys have been called into the headquarters, the Injanu, uh, which you guys are a part of. Uh, and in the uh, headquarters, you see Verlatarvel, who is the lieutenant you report to. Uh, he's a gnome. And he motions you guys over. Oh! Good. Uh, Federnik, uh, Hal, come here. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Big, big important thing. Uh, so you guys know, and this, this is not him, this is just a little backstory. No one's actually visited Injoru from an outside land in about 125 years. People just stopped bothering because they thought nothing was here. And so anyone... Like, that's just not some, like, random creature in the jungle. Anyone actually, like, coming ashore, it just doesn't happen. So, there's not a whole lot of interaction with the outside world. Uh, the the high leaders of Injuru feel it's safer to kind of stay within the, the covering and not venture out and deal with, A, what's on the rest of the island, and B, some of the other things that are happening um, sort of in the world of Selensar as a whole. Uh, sort of think Atlantis, kind of. If you remember Atlantis, The Lost Empire. I think a highly underrated yes. movie. Um, uh, very similar to that kind of protective shielding and kind of keeping internal to themselves. Uh, he's like, okay, good. So you guys are here. Um, hmm. You're not going to believe me when I tell you this, 
just you just gonna have to trust me on this. Uh, one of the last patrols saw ships coming ashore, like ten or twelve of them, full of Goliaths. And you guys know that when when you look at a map, the closest kingdom to Injoru is probably a, a week or two's journey away by boat, um, and no one's really interacted with that kingdom in, like I said, well over a hundred years. It's the kingdom of the Goliaths. It's called the Great mm. Kingdom. Uh, but they don't ever venture this direction. It it hasn't happened in, in literally a century. And so you guys would understandably be surprised when he tells you this. Uh, he's like, okay, so what I need... We're sending a bunch of different Injanu units out to scout and see far, see how far they've come ashore see what they've brought with them. Avoid them if possible. If if you can avoid interacting with them, that's great. It's probably not something you want to get into, but we need to know what's going on. So I need you guys to go out. Uh, and he kind of motions behind him, and a woman steps out, uh, and it's a female Warforged. And you recognize her. You've, you guys have both seen her around before. She's an in, part of an Injano unit like you guys are. Uh, uh, hey, hey, guys. And he he looks at you. Uh, this is Sal. She's going to go with you. Keep an eye on you. Make sure no one doesn't come back. No one dies, because that would be bad. So just just take her along. Um, any questions before I send you out? So, so when you say Goliaths, you know, keep, keep in mind that basically anybody taller than, well, her is kind of a Goliath to us. Sure. So, like you I do. mean, how, how, like you do. So exactly how, how big, you know, is, uh, something that you call a Goliath. Ooh, see, you would ask me that. Okay. Hold on. Let me actually, I don't actually know how they, how tall they characterize Goliaths as being in fifth edition. Real, real tall is the easy answer. Okay. Um, because, because okay. honestly, even, even, even an orc with a limp is pretty Goliath to me. That's accurate. Uh, he, he looks at you and he smiles. Well, Hal, um, I know I know we haven't seen him around here in a long time. Uh, Goliath, from what I remember, I was like three the last time one was here. Um, Sounds great. They are um, maybe seven or eight feet tall. Wow, and, that is tall. And and weigh about okay. weigh about three hundred pounds. They're they're big. Um, and and you said there's you know almost a couple of dozen ships. Sure. Full of them right. heading here. Correct. Don't well, on how. that's um, that's just how can I put this? That's just great. I, that was uh, that was one word I've heard yes. used. It's gonna be it's gonna be fine. Uh, <laughs> we're pretty sure they still don't know what's behind the barrier. So that's as far as they know. As as far as we know, they're just here to explore the island, and hopefully they won't even cross the drop. If if they stay on that side of the chasm, that's fine. We. We don't have to worry about it, but we need to make sure what's coming. So I need you guys to go investigate. You got it, boss. Uh, and and I got some stuff for you before you leave. Uh, and Ooh. he points you guys around a corner into another chamber, and you see two things in that room. Uh, you see a chest, and you see a large warforge. And I don't, I don't mean like so warforge technically as a race are still medium sized creatures. This is not mm -hmm. a medium-sized creature. Um, this this gentleman is... Uh, oh, there we go. He's real big. Um, 
And you know Sal, who is going with you, is actually still just a regular medium-sized warforged, you know, still medium-sized creature. Um, this this gentleman is gigantic. And he's just kind of standing there. Uh, Verla Tavel comes into the room. He's like, oh, good. Um, I'll get to you in a minute. Hold on. Uh, you, yeah, come on, guys. Come on. He takes you over to the chest. He opens his chest up, and he tosses each of you a potion of healing. And he tosses one of you, whichever one of you wants to to hold it, that's up to you guys, a bag of holding. Uh, in, in case you guys find anything, and uh, you can just shove it in there and it'll disappear and you can get it back out later. They're, 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 they're good things. Um, Brian, why don't you go ahead and take that, the, uh, the, the bag of holding. All right. Uh, okay, questions for him before you leave. So this is just purely you purely want scouting. Just we go in, we take a look around, we see, kind of try to get an idea of what they're up to, and we're out, right? That would that would be the plan. I mean, do what you got to do to you know to keep going. But uh, if if you run into resistance, but I'm I'm not looking for for you to engage anything. Excellent, exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah, it's Oop, totally I'm fine. Good. And we get to take this big bloke with us. Uh, no, no, he's going to stay Aww. here. I've got a separate thing for him. Um, and, uh, yeah, you'll see him later. It's fine. He's, okay. uh, he's going to hang out here for now. And he hasn't, he hasn't moved yet. He hasn't acknowledged you, basically. He's just kind of there. So you head out of the Injanu sort of unit headquarters, and you're just kind of in the town. And when I say town, Injoru itself... Like, basically everything under the covering in Gnomish Injoru actually just means cloak. And so it's, like, the entire area is kind of covered by a cloak. And it's a whole nation, and it's very large, but it's it's almost treated as, like, one city. Uh, and so the, the entire extent of it exists inside this area. Uh, and so you guys have the entire area. Is there any supplies you need to pick up? Um, anything you need to do before you leave town? Um, I, I'm hoping this isn't going to be one of those situations where uh, we actually need to do to measure out and pick, pick up provisions and water and all that jazz. Not even a little bit. Oh, thank goodness! You're a good man. I uh, I just I can't be bothered. Can't do <laughs> it. Not at the beginning. Has ten days of rations and a water skin in it anyway. So that's probably more than enough, to be honest. Perfect. I believe I am already well provisioned enough. Okay, and uh, uh, <clears throat> I I am going to go and uh, pick up. I already have uh, twenty arrows, but I'm going to pick up a second bag of them, uh, just you know, because they're not that heavy, and it's never a bad idea. Okay, and so you actually know there's a uh, a halfling blacksmith in town who actually just Ooh. supplies to the Injor or to the Injanu. You can actually just go to him, and he will give you another set of arrows. Excellent. Uh, yeah, you you go over. He does. He kind of handles a lot of uh, weapon weapons crafting. And uh, oh, uh, hey, Hal. Uh, Hello. You need more arrows? I got you. Please hold on. He disappears in the bag. There's a lot of throwing stuff around, rearranging, shuffling. He goes back out. Uh, yeah, there you go. 
Do now, um, I can't say much about the mission. Have to keep it hush hush. Not that I'm even Ooh. on a mission, but do you have anything that would be good against something that is? you know, eight feet tall or so, you know, I'm not going to say for certain, but just something in the possibly Goliath size area. You see him just kind of mulling this concept over of something that large. Like, uh, oh, uh, hold on. Think an, a, an orc giving a dwarf a piggyback ride. Oh, except not as ugly. Well, I can't make that call. I haven't seen them yet. Or a dwarf giving an orc a piggyback ride. Because that's a funnier image in my head. Um, okay, so he disappears <laughs> to the back, and he's gone for two or three minutes. Uh, oh, eight feet. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but no, that's... Or something so you can hit him in the face? That's real small. Uh, that'd be good. Nope. Uh, and he kind of he keeps scrounging around. He's like, he walks back out with two... Uh, like three, three giant metal spheres... And a, and a rope. And he's like, um, give me a second. And he walks over to his, uh, his equipment and he's looking around. He's like, ah, oh, mm, hold, hold on. And he kind of messes around. Uh, do you know what bolas are? Uh, yes. Okay, so he fashions something that's similar to that. Okay. And he hands it to you. You can maybe trip one with that? Well, good, and then we can hit it in the face. Yeah, there you go. Try that. That that might work. Perfect. Yeah, try 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 that thing. That'll that'll probably work out okay. And uh, yeah, good luck with that thing you're not doing. I would say I appreciate it because since I'm not doing anything, I will just simply say thank you. Best of luck, but on your future endeavors. Good. Perfect. Get get out there and go not do things. <laughs> We're proud of you. Uh, okay, so you guys know that if you want to exit in Joru, pass through the cloak and clear the the drop, the two hundred foot chasm. You have to go. Uh, you have to go to the docks, and there are little hover trolleys that will take you across. But they only do it at certain times. And only with uh, special clearance, or in in need of like a particular missions or resources or something. So you guys get to the docks, uh, and you go, and there's a there's actually someone who almost looks like they're waiting for you. Like he's she's just kind of standing there, and she's like, one, two, yep, that's them. Hey, hey, guys, come here, come here. Uh, yes, Verlatalvo sent you. Yes, he did. All right, come on. We're uh, I got special permission to take you across. Come on, let's go. And she takes you out to this little almost like skiff. Uh, think like Jabba the Hutt sail barge. Not his actual barge, but the little thing they put over the Sarlacc pit. Yes. Okay. So gotcha. basically, you guys load up on one of those, like a little skiff. Right. And does this does this thing have a retractable retractable plank as well? It's not retractable. <laughs> Okay, because I didn't bring my R2 unit. You got yeah, and you don't know who's holding your lightsaber now. Uh, exactly. It just always happens. He always disappears like this. Uh, okay, so she takes you guys out to the skiff, and you guys kind of get to the edge of the docks, and you're on the skiff, and you can see through the the cloak. 
you can see through to the other side. You see the jungle on the other side of the chasm. But you know, because you, you guys have each been out there multiple times, that's kind of what you guys do, is you go across the chasm. You know that when you look over from the jungle side, you just see more jungle and there's nothing else really there. So it's it's kind of a weird experience. Uh, so she takes you out. You know the you guys see Black Panther? Yes. Yes. Okay, so when they're first coming, like the beginning of the movie, when they're first flying back into Wakanda, and it's right before they actually break through the thing, Mm-hmm. It's it's similar to that. Gotcha. Yeah. It might basically kind of like that blur. Yeah. That blurry effect, and then they're through. I might have stolen it directly from that. Um, Nothing it, wrong with that whatsoever. I we we roll we roll with it. Uh, okay, so she you guys pass through the barrier and cross over the chasm, and you, however your character feels about it, it's a it's an interesting thing. So you guys cross over the chasm, and she lands on the other side. Okay. Go. I cross my I cross my arms and say Ingoru forever. It doesn't have quite the same sound to it, but I kind of like it. Uh, okay, so she drops you guys off. Uh, uh, James, she hands Hal a small flare arrow. Gotcha. Uh, and you know Good that idea. You, are, you are supposed to use this when you are ready for someone to come back and pick you up. Uh, as but, soon as she turns her back, I go ahead and I put it to string because, you know, I'm only partly feeling this mission. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Just in case. But I, I shrug my shoulders, then I put it back in the quiver. <laughs> and uh, she starts the skiff again and takes it back over across the chasm. Good luck. Thanks. All right. So you guys are now on the edge of the jungle, and you know it's probably a couple hours, maybe even close to a day um, to different parts of the coast where they would be coming ashore. Um, And, but yeah, you guys can head out and it'll make me, uh, let's go with survival, perception, history. You have a 16 and Brian has an 18. Okay, so you guys know, because you guys have done this a bunch of times, if you had roughly south uh southwest or so you will get the quickest distance towards where one of the landing beaches uh probably is probably take you four or five hours uh and sal just kind of looks at you guys i'm just gonna follow you guys i've not been this direction across the chasm before this is all on youtube so you have you been across the chasm before then uh she kind of hesitates uh not since i arrived in Injoru. Okay. Well, besides the possibility of Goliaths, what can you tell us about, you know, what what is what's in here? Cuz I have not stepped foot in this area before. Um well, from from what Verl told me, uh elementals sometimes. Okay. Uh and some large beasts are are typically are typically in the jungle that's why we that's why we usually stay out of the jungle as much as possible uh all right well, and the things that are typically near the shore are probably being driven inland so that's never good very dangerous uh, you oh. go first <laughs> i like this pl- i like this plan i'm happy to be a part of it let's head in <laughs> i'm pretty sure your armor classes are both higher than hers so that probably won't work out very well all right, I'll take point because I'm the one most likely to survive getting hit. And all right, so you guys make your way through the jungle, and Hal can re- lead from the rear. 
Yes. It's a strong defensive position. Sounds good to me. Uh, so you guys make your way through the woods, and you travel for a couple hours. You definitely see the wildlife uh, moving around quite a lot, uh, but nothing large. And you guys are traveling for another hour or so. Make me perception checks. 18. Okay. And 15 for Brian. Excellent. All right. And um, actually, that's going to be a 22 for you, James, because you also get your proficiency bonus and your... Because it's still your favorite terrain. Excellent. All right. So you guys see out in the distance, you guys are kind of... You kind of left the edge of the jungle, and you're in an area full of large boulders. And you notice on the edge, uh, probably, we'll call it 100, 120 feet in front of you, you start seeing small elemental creatures. Uh, these are actually... You, James, you, uh, you recognize these from some of your previous uh, runs outside the city. These are uh, air elementals. Okay. And they look agitated. Hmm. I do a, uh, does my perception check, does it show me, give me an idea about what's bothering them? Uh, you think, you, you actually know from these creatures in general that they aren't typically this far inland. They are okay. typically more towards the coast, more towards the ocean. They don't typically end up in these kinds of areas. You think they've probably been driven this way by the ship's landing and the uh, the Goliaths coming ashore. Okay, so that's a good indicator then that the Goliaths have made it ashore then. My first instinct is to try to find a way around them. Let's not engage if we don't have to yet. Okay, so you made a perception check. So there's the elementals. There's where you guys are. Uh, so in theory, you could kind of head this direction or maybe this way. Okay. Already the crossbow just in case. Okay. And I'm going to fit an arrow to string, and that's second way, um, where that puts another uh, boulder between them and us, and would take us around to the uh, to the other side, uh, a little further down. Oop. That way. Yep, that way, right? That way. I would say that's, uh, you know, they're not bothering us. They're just they're already in an agitated state. Uh, let's uh, let's let's steer clear. Okay. Uh, so you guys, as you guys kind of move over around them they they take notice of you but they notice also that you're not behaving like the like you're doing the exact opposite of what the last group they ran into was and you avoid them they kind of make their way and uh they, excellent they head off in the other direction i'll put them over there there and you guys can kind of keep making your way that direction. All right. Uh, so you guys know you probably are an hour or so, maybe two, from the shore. And uh, you know it's probably still midday. You're probably making relatively good time. Do you want to keep going? Do you want to do some scouting? What do you want to do? Given that we don't know if these guys are hostile or not, and I'm really not good at sneaking with all the chainmail, uh, I'm thinking perhaps Hal, you should go first. Uh, see if yes. you can get close without being spotted. I think it's an excellent idea. And the two of us will stay in shouting distance. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, and she'll she'll happily follow. She's heavy armor. She's not stealthy nor sneaking anywhere. Okay. <laughs> I will uh, take point, and I'll I'll make it a generous point. You know, where you can like you can you can see you can see my back, but uh, far enough that your clinking and clanking isn't going to alert anyone that I'm there. Okay. So you guys keep going. You're getting closer and closer to the uh, to the shore, and you hear a sort of a piercing cry. Not the um, not that necessarily of a you like a person who or a, like a a humanoid who's upset about something, but that of a large creature. Uh, and it almost sounds like a large avian type of creature. Perception checks. I perceive that the ground in front of me is brown. Strong start. Strong start. How how uh, that that should tell you about my role. Hal becomes enamored with a rock. The more concerning thing is the brown in front of you is actually a sort of greenish color. That's how imperceptive you are. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you walk into a rock. Uh, no, no damage. It just kind of it gets your attention a little bit. All right, um, Ryan. He freaks out and fires the the, the, the flare arrow into the air. Time to leave. No, no. We're going back. It's done. Why'd you come back? It moved. What did that rock? Okay. We'll try this again. All right. So, <laughs> so you guys keep making your way, and you're really not sure what you're hearing, um, but it sounds large and it sounds agitated. Uh, and as you guys keep making your way, and you can tell it's between you and the shore to some extent, you start to hear voices. Uh, and these are these are the voices of large humanoidish creatures uh, and you you hear one of them yell what is that thing i've never that's such an odd creature i've never seen that before and you're another one what do we do with it we just leave it there there's i, I don't think he'll be happy if we just leave it there that thing looks dangerous and uh so you guys keep moving and you see on the edge of your vision a giant uh, and you guys actually recognize this creature. They're sort of common on the island. Common in the sense that they're like 10 feet long and weigh like 400 pounds. But there's they're there enough and kind of roam enough that you see them fairly regularly. They're called terraferns. They're kind of a combination of a wolf and like a hawk. Um, okay. So they're like, they're quadrupedal, but they also have wings. Uh, and this one looks, this looks like a, uh, like a much older one, uh, and it looks agitated. And you also see, um, just past it, and they're kind of soaked in on it, so they don't really see you. You see two very, very large men in armor with giant axes and giant spears. Update the map, please. Oh, I always forget that. And they, you can tell the creature is like, maybe a little too old to defend itself at this point. At least from these. Okay. Uh, and they, they're really a little unsure of what to make of it. Are, uh, is, does it look injured? Not injured, just kind of maybe a little hobbled by age. 
Gotcha. You're pretty sure its wings um, are, are not to the capability it used to be. And are these creatures generally dangerous? Um, you would think so, but in general, no. They're not really usually a problem. Uh, at least not to people who are regularly on the island. You guys don't really usually have a problem with them. They are sort of... They're not even really predators uh, in a large part. They kind of keep to themselves. They eat what they need, and they, they don't really usually bother people. Uh, do they... Now, I do have... Uh... Like in, in for for proficiency enemy, I do have beasts, so I, I maybe I know a little bit about these guys. Um, and plus, seeing them around the island, uh, do they are they uh, solitary creatures or do they go in flocks? Uh, often it is in flocks, but a flock is maybe three or four. Okay. Um, so only one is a little unusual. But if it's aged and unable to fly, then it may have just been left behind. May have been. Always a possibility. Hmm. Now, are these just simple beasts, or are these uh, creatures in this world, are do they carry a measure of intelligence? Not particularly, no. Not these, at least. Okay. Uh, Terraferns are not particularly intelligent. They're just kind of, they're like, like you said, they're simple beasts. All right. Giant winged beaks, uh, beast, uh, but they're, they're relatively simple, and, and for the most part, relatively calm. Okay. Uh, but these, these guys seem very confused by it, and they're really not sure how to handle it. And they just kind of keep standing around and kind of trying to decide what to do. Well, we were ordered not to engage, and I don't really see any... Uh, so Sal kind of sneaks up, like, scoots up next to you guys. What are they going to do to him? So for the moment, I'm still going to... You know, I'm going to make ready. Like, I'm going to take an arrow out, fit it to string. Um, but for the moment, just going to just going to observe this, the, uh, the scenario. Okay, so they are getting closer to him. And they look like to the point where they're kind of over it. And they're just going to deal with the situation, how they see fit and move on. Okay. Uh, so one of them actually raises his spear to uh, hit the creature. And I will let you guys act as you see fit. All right. You, you only see the two of them, and you don't hear any others in the area. I'm going to kind of move over this direction, hidden behind this tree or bush, and keep an eye out to make sure there's nobody coming around behind us. Just kind of watch what watch this unfold. Okay. Uh, so they actually close with the creature, and uh, he tries the the, the terraform tries to defend itself, um, but he he's not doing a great job. You can you can tell this this is a definitely a, a much older creature who's kind of struggling at this point. And do these fellows look like they they know what they're doing? Are they coordinated and very disciplined? Very. Okay, so we've got soldiers here. You actually see, um, they both actually have the same crest on their, uh, like, uh, sort of on the left side of their, uh, leather armor. What's the crest look like? Uh, it is a, it's actually, the, it's a, it almost looks like the face of a Goliath. Um, but heavily stylized and, like, 
almost like a um like an ancient painting of a ruler or something very similar to that but it looks like it's just like whoever is in charge of their unit or whoever they report to has kind of just gone all in and their logo is just his face uh, and it's heavily stylized and it's mostly black and gray <laughs> How do you like it? It's my best profile. It's on all the coins. <laughs> and all my men and all the everything. <laughs> the flags on all of the ice cream cups. Yeah, everywhere. The little wrappers around the bottom of the kids' cones. Whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. No expenses spared. Well, at least when I'm off. reading them, well, nobody looks like. There is that. As much as I do, I do not want to engage with these creatures. I know that this, that, that this, um, this, Bird, what was it called again? A terrafern. Yeah, a terrafern. You know, I see them around all the time. Um, it doesn't sit with me right just killing a creature because you're curious. Um, so, all right. Um, I'm going to very um, slowly make my way over here uh, next to Fetternick. Okay. And I'm going to uh, I'm going to look around the I'm going to look around on the ground, try to find a rock, and I'm going to use my sling to throw it. I'm going to try to throw it like into this this group of trees and bushes over here. Okay. Uh, because of where their focus, because of where they are, where I can see them, where their focus is, they shouldn't see where I threw where I've thrown it from, and they'll just think that there is something in those trees and bushes behind them. Hopefully. Okay. Uh, this will either work completely or kill us all because that's how my luck runs. Well, and, and Brian, fire, you've chosen the right weapon. That's very true. That's I'm going to look. I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to go down by the. I'm going to go down by the creek and look for some more smooth stones. Yes. <laughs> all oh, right. Wow. So we went full, full Old Testament oh, there. I like that. That's good. Full David and Goliath. That's right. Uh, okay, so make so, me a ranged attack. Say again. Make me a a ranged attack, like like you were shooting one of your arrows. Gotcha. Make okay, me, make me so, that kind of roll. All right. A fourteen. I got a plus three dexterity, so that would be seventeen. Uh, and proficiency. Your proficiency and your archery bonus. So. Oh, yes. then. You have like okay, a twenty-one. So, yeah, I've got twenty-one then. Yeah. Okay, so you, you kind of. You kind of uh, roll around in your fingers and just sidearm flick it, and it rolls, and it oh, no. hits the it hits the tree just square in the trunk. Or you, you did with the sling, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. You uh, load it up and taking me back to my childhood here. That's lovely. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> fling it, and it uh, hits the trunk squarely. And it makes actually a far more solid and penetrating sound than you expected it to. You you squarely hit the tree, uh, and they both actually turn, and one of them actually moves towards it, and the other one just kind of shuffles a little bit away from the creature, and they're very curious. What was that? I thought he was the only thing around here. Uh, and the Terrafern actually looks up and just kind of starts moving away. And he kind of just starts, 
And he's trying to do it quietly, and he's doing a pretty good job. They're pretty soaked in by the rock and trying to figure out if they're about to have problems with somebody. Uh, and they start spreading out. Figure out where it came from. And they, they kind of go, and he actually just disappears. Uh, and they're still actually in the edge of their edge of your vision. Uh, and you know you're not terribly far away from where there was from where you were headed, from where ships were probably going to come ashore. Try to avoid these guys and move closer to wherever they came ashore, or do we tail them? Let's tail them because while I want to see where the ships are, I don't like the idea of two guys where I don't know where they are. You know, being between them and the rest of their party. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, so they regroup, and they head out of the jungle this direction. Uh, and I'll put them on the edge if you guys want to shift over a little bit. Uh, and you start seeing that kind of on the edge of the forest, um, you are coming to a beach. Along that beach, there are some giant rocks, and then it kind of comes straight up to the ocean. And at the edge, you see a very large ship. A very large traditional... My first thought was pirate ship. It's not a pirate ship. But uh, sort of that traditional galleon-style ship. Yeah. Using my Age of Empires vocabulary. There we so, go. So they're not just Goliaths. They're pirate Goliaths. They're not actually pirates. Um, Aw. I just, pirate ship is always my default for what that ship is. That would have been interesting, though. I know, right? That would uh, have been a whole different, different kind of story. And I'm not good with seafaring combat. That just makes things complicated. <laughs> From where I'm at, can I tell if that ship is armed or not? Uh, it doesn't. There's not a lot of heavy cannonry on it. There's a little bit. Uh, what you do see is just a lot of supplies being unpacked. You don't actually see that many Goliaths. But the ones you do see are unpacking crates, barrels, the whole nine yards. They're, they're here to set up. Yeah, they're they're, as, as in, like, they're, yeah, they're, they're setting up camp. Yeah, this, and this is... Ooh, I had... uh, you don't exactly get the feel of uh, colony supplies. You get the feel of take control of an area supplies. This one thing could you be a... Go ahead, sorry. One thing you notably don't see uh, is you don't see any siege weapons. It's like they don't expect to run into cities. Or, oh, like, no, a, that's good. a heavily uh, armed, barricaded resistance. This is, like, travel the jungle supplies. Deal with beasts and elemental supplies. Hmm. You think the uh, depth and safety of Injoru is still relatively there. This doesn't look like they're coming to lay siege to a kingdom. So oh, here's the question then. If they're not here for for Enguru, in, why are they here? Maybe they've discovered something in the jungle that they want to exploit. How much do we know about the jungle? Uh, I mean, the jungle is large, it's vast, it's dangerous. It doesn't offer a ton outside. I mean, there's food. There are some minor amounts of natural resources, nothing significant. Uh, it's just kind of the barricade that keeps everyone else off the island and you guys tucked in behind the cloak. It's just a lot of bad. Not, not even a lot of bad. It's a lot of dangerous creatures. Okay. 
or at least hmm. things that in, in theory would be problematic to a random group of travelers. You're not going to set up cities in the jungle. It, it just won't go well. If they're coming here for that, if they're coming here to set up, it's because they fully believe you. You you come to the terms of that. It's because you they fully believe they can and that they're capable of dealing with whatever's here, and they're coming prepared to do so. You know, just because that we don't think that there's anything in the jungle doesn't mean that they don't that they may not think that there's something in there. Uh, Brian, you made a history check earlier, right? Uh, when you guys were leaving, uh, about to, or when you guys had just crossed. Okay, so you know, because you've kind of been thinking about Goliaths, and they don't come up super often, but they are sort of the closest thing to where you guys are, even though you don't really interact with them. You know from your history lessons when you were younger, uh, from your from your various studies, you did the great kingdom, the kingdom of the Goliaths, has a symbol and it's not the symbol you saw on these guys' cloaks. Hmm. There's an actual, like, full crest for the Great Kingdom. It's very ornate, very uh, auspicious-looking, very... Oh, maybe a little overly ornate, maybe a little overly heavy-handed. Uh, but this is... Uh, you're not really sure what that logo you saw was. It You realize it doesn't resonate with anything you expected from them in at least in a historical sense right so then the possibility is maybe these are exiles or a rebellion of some kind um and they're looking to establish a foothold someplace outside their own kingdom or it could be something entirely different that we haven't thought of yet mm. but in any case it doesn't look like they're expecting or aware that there's a civilization here um so if someone is going to make contact with them, or if we're going to try and avoid contact with them, perhaps we should report back. Uh, okay, I mean, yeah, if you guys want to make the journey back uh, towards you know, we the... We could attack them, too. You could also engage... I mean, there are only a handful of them out there currently. You don't see a force comparable to the size of the ship. I don't you... really think that's a good idea. It's probably not great. Uh, we're considering that you and I could stand on each. I, I could stand on your shoulders, and we would still be smaller than one of them. I yeah, I double that bad idea. Uh, with your perception checks earlier, what you also notice is in this direction, headed up this way, you see footprints in uh, running up the beach, like a lot of them, like dozens, maybe more. Mm, Heavy set, large, headed that way. All right, um, we need to go see what 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 took them that way. I'll take point. Uh, so you guys kind of make your way following the tracks. Uh, you go for an, about 30 minutes to an hour. And as you come up, you come to another landing zone. This isn't just one ship. This is seven or eight. Maybe a dozen if you keep going further down the beach. And basically where you see one ship now, you see a multitude of other ships along the shore. And you see dozens of... Um, Goliath just in your general vision. And this isn't this isn't supply unloading. There's a camp here. Tents, a small fortified, like a little uh they've already built fencing, like uh palisades. 
Uh, and you knew, you know the reports of them arriving came several days ago, originally. So they've had some time to kind of settle in. But this is a lot of work and took a lot of effort. And you do see a pretty good number of people here. But they're, they're set up. Like, this is a base camp. Now, with these ships, do we see anything that would indicate that they know about the city? Uh, no. Like, any... any any different supplies than what we saw earlier? Not really. Uh, you see, okay. you see more building supplies. Okay. Um, so, but still, small so it actually looks stuff. like they're here to to put up a colony, well, or, or at least, or at least a, a major base camp. That would make sense to you, yes. Uh, and off in the distance, on the other side of the, like back towards the jungle, you see actually. Uh, Two gnomes and a warforged. Uh, and you recognize them. They're also uh, from an Injanu unit. Okay. Uh, and the warforged is further, slightly further behind them. Yeah, that one. Um, and they're keeping pretty far back. They take notice of you guys. Greetings are very, very uh, silently exchanged. Uh, and they look um, trepidatious. A little there there's a look of this is far more than they expected. Yeah. The... All right. I should try to estimate the numbers based on the, the campsite that I'm seeing. Just try to make a guesstimate of how many there probably are. Based on the number of ships, maybe perception check. Let's see what all let's see what all you notice. Uh both of you actually. Not much. Ooh, okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but more than James. More than how? <laughs> I, I'm too busy staring at my hand and questioning the universal implications of it. He's got a splinter. He's really uh, man. Those things are just those will get you. Yeah. Well, Pictures. if if that was the case with that roll, Brian, you would see me trying to use the flare arrow to get the splinter out. <laughs> oh, I got it. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> You've wrapped the bolo around it like a bandage. Yes. I'm struggling. I'm struggling here. Uh, okay, so you think there's... 175, maybe, Goliaths, you see? Uh, just with the, the number of ships you see in this one area. But that that's a large force of people uh, for just this kind of expedition. I mean, you know there's well over... 10 or 15, maybe 20,000 people in Njoru. And a fighting force capable of somewhat dealing with this. But this is a lot. And these these guys look trained. This is a military unit in some form or fashion. And one that's comfortable with sea travel. Of our forces anyway, so. Yeah. Mm. And you also My, know okay. that they, not only do they have the supplies you see, they have enough supplies for a week crossing on the ocean. The, the the area of no I, I know nothing about the waters in the area sure. um I'm not really a boat guy but is is there a lot of trade that goes um to and fro are there are there a tra is there is there a shipping lane close by not particularly no okay. what you know is that in between uh the great kingdom and what the rest of the world calls the unknown shores or as you guys call it in Joru uh, there is a very dangerous area of 
there's these three suspended crags of energy that are all loosely tethered together and there's a platform kind of in between them no one's really sure exactly what holds it together where it came from but the area around it is very tumultuous and people avoid it it's called the uh it's called the shards of the raging force and it's an area that's more or less directly in between the two of you and people just don't traverse that area if they can help it uh, because I'm still struggling with my splinter, I, uh, sure, I, I whispered to Fe I still I whispered to Fetter and ask him, um, "Do you see anyone that looks like a um, like a like a warlock or a a, a magic user?" Uh, so when when you look out over this crowd, uh, Brian Federnick sees soldiers and sailors, and uh, coming off of actually this top ship here. You see what you're assuming is a, a, a high-level commanding officer. You see a distinct lack of magic users. Just out of curiosity, does he look? Does his face look like the ones that everybody's sporting on their cloaks and shoulders? It does not. He actually has the same same uh, same face on his cloak as well. Uh, you don't think he's he's high enough? Uh, he doesn't look that. Uh, Relevant commander, he he's not the one in charge of this whole shtick, but he definitely he just he's definitely in charge of of a group. So like a lieutenant, right? He's giving orders. Men are obeying. They're you know they're following him around like he's intentional, but he's definitely not in charge. In charge, I think now would be a good time to start heading back. Um, because one because. <laughs> that group, that, that group of two that we came across earlier, may not have been the only scouting party they sent out. And the longer we stay out here, the long, the, the bigger chance that we're going to get found. And and uh, so I think that we should kind of make our way over stealthily to that other party and let them know we're bugging out. Okay. Um, yeah, you guys head over. I tell you what. Um... Make me a stealth roll, and I will let you do it kind of as you, uh, James, if you will. Uh, I'll have you do it as basically for the whole group. Okay. Just to kind of guide them the long, quiet way around the trees. That's a, that's a, um, that's a six. Okay, and you've got, what, a three decks? Oh, yeah, well, wait, so because we're in a forest, I guess that's times two, so that okay. would be a nine. Okay, so you definitely make a little noise, and it, it's mostly just the armor. Uh, Sal okay. is not the quietest lady ever, uh, being a, a heavily armored warforged. Um, you don't draw any direct attention, but you definitely... They definitely take notice that something is going on in the woods, and there's kind of... Uh, the, the gentleman you just saw get off the ship, the kind of higher ranking one directs a couple of men loosely in your direction. Okay. So whereabouts are we now then? Uh, you guys are actually around over here. Okay. Uh, and they're still up here, but they've taken notice of the movements as well. And they're kind of moving this way. Uh, and they get the idea of, of time to go if that's your intention. Yeah, it is. Uh, so they will actually, they actually go, uh, but they actually split off. So you guys, 
if you guys were to head back, okay, you guys would probably go one of these directions. Uh, they're actually going to go this way. Put some distance between the two groups and kind of splinter off from you guys. Uh, but they disappear. And you guys can as well. Yes, let's... Uh... Be not there anymore. Bug out. All right, so you can make you guys you guys make your way back towards the uh, towards the chasm, uh, unless there's something you want to do first. No, I think we've seen enough that uh, we can report back with some good details. I want to do I want to do one thing. Um, I'm gonna tell um, Sal and Federnick to go ahead. I'm going to hang back to like uh, I'm gonna to bring up the rear. I'm gonna keep an eye on those soldiers that were coming out. I just, I want to hear if, I hate leaving. We, we've we've seen numbers. We've seen, like, you know, what they're wearing. I hate leaving without a name. Okay. Either of, without that I knew who their boss is, what, uh, what their group is called. Um, okay. So okay. I'm going to hang back just to keep these guys kind of in eye and earshot try to hide myself so hopefully i can maybe hear that you know like that maybe they'll let something slip sure okay make me a perception check uh with your favorite uh perception or investigation whichever you prefer uh include um, your I, your favorite bonus i will do perception okay and uh we will see what you gather are you kidding me? It's another three. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, that's actually not terrible. I, all things considered. Okay. Because uh, you have... You you get a lot of bonuses. Yeah, what's your wisdom bonus? Oh, your wisdom score? My wisdom, um, my wisdom is a, a 14, so plus two. Okay, and so that gives you... I, I, get, I get plus two because of my background, uh, one of my backgrounds anyway, so I, I plus four perception. Plus another uh, two... From proficiency, because I think you you have a proficiency with perception, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, and that's doubled because of your... Okay, so that's actually an 11 total. That's not bad for a 3. That is, uh, that is not I'm, bad I'm getting for to a feel 3. Like roll, I'm really starting to think roll 20 doesn't like me very much. I mean, that's a 1 and 2 threes, and before that, yeah, that's that's a little bit that's of a struggle, actually. For not making all those fancy macros. <laughs> it's, they, well, they know. If it, <laughs> See, here's the bad thing about using it like this program is because if, if a dice were doing this to me, that's fine. I just put it aside and get a different D20. But when the website's doing it to me, what am I going to do? Find a different website? Get a, get a new laptop? Okay. <laughs> we can actually get you a new dice in Roll20. All right. So I, I think you just do it there. Okay. So down in the bottom where our little avatars are, do you see next to your name there's a little colored square? <laughs> You see where that's at, yes. James? Okay, click that colored square. It should give you a color palette. New dice. All right. It's uh, There you go. Now you're rolling with a, a strong, deep blue D20 for your next roll. It's, uh, it's... <laughs> let's... All right, you know what? Let's, let's test this. Let's, let's, see, see. let's see if it's not a three uh... this time. 19. Wow, that works. <laughs> see, that, there you go. Sometimes you just got to switch the dice out. That's all you need. There you go. That's right. That's all you need. All you, sometimes you just got to replace replace those dice. All right. Uh, so you do, with, with that 11, you do pick up one thing. You hear one of them move back and kind of yell over to the, the man you saw get off the ship. Uh, and you just hear him yell, Tranfold. 
there's nothing oh Tranto, there's nothing over here. We don't I don't know what that was. Probably another one of those beasts. And he he doesn't seem to buy it, but he just nods. Get back to work. Uh you too. Uh Barsh and uh Rathon. Get, get a little deeper into the woods. See what you find. Uh, he, he definitely is not biting on the nothing, but you guys do escape unnoticed. Good, because there's definitely time to perform the tactical maneuver called skedaddling. Yes. Uh, zombie apocalypse plan of the week. <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, okay, so you guys make your way back to the chasm. You go full arrow uh, with the uh, with the flare, and she comes back with the boat. Oh, good! They're all alive. Everywhere. That's uh, that's good. Good, good, good. What'd you find? Well, it looks like there's a sizable military force arriving. Uh, they're digging in. They've put up some palisades. Uh, a fairly large camp. My rough estimate based on what we saw is perhaps 170, 180 soldiers. Uh, we didn't see any signs of uh, sorcerers or other magic users, uh, but they do seem fairly disciplined. Lovely. Uh, she takes you guys back across. Uh, Tavel is waiting for you. Get in there. And uh, you guys go in. Uh, oh, good. You guys are back. Get in here. Get in here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Even in just like the eight or ten hours you've been gone, there are now chests all over the place. You see at least four or five Warforged you've never seen before. Uh, or like never, you didn't see earlier today. You've seen them around camp, except for one much larger one that's not the much larger one from earlier. Um, oh, good. We and, have two much larger ones. Yes. He's, he's directing people around. Uh, I'll, uh, you guys, you guys get back to what we were talking about. We'll, I'll, be, I'll be back. And he takes you guys over to the side. Okay. All right. Good. Um, so she said like 175? It's a lot of Goliaths, man. Um, they all were wearing a, I mean, like, they're soldiers. They're disciplined. They're trained. Um, they all had like the same crest on. That was okay. like some guy's, some guy's face. Um, he hesitates when you I'll... say that. Like, not the... Not the crest of the great kingdom? Okay. No. No. Either either a military company working for them or perhaps a splinter group. It's hard to say. My thought first thought was some type of warlord, maybe. I don't really Who, that's gonna be harder to negotiate with. Well, okay. on the plus side, they don't appear to know that there's any civilization here. I don't think they've seen through the illusion. Wait, what? Oh good. Okay, 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 okay. We can work with that. I'll uh I'll uh, I'll take your findings. One of the other groups, I think, is coming back now too. I'll go talk to the High Council. Okay, maybe they don't know we're here. Uh, just out of curiosity, how many different groups did you send out besides us? Ah, uh, let's see. Um, one, two yesterday. You guys, two others today. No, four others today. I think. I lost Have they track. all report? It's been a long day. Has everybody reported back? All but two. One yesterday. Both yesterdays. No. Wait. 
And he looks like he's he's like trying to look through a list in his mind. One yesterday, one today. Yeah. But uh, I wasn't expecting one of them back yet. So that's fine. Okay. All right. I will say that they. Um, uh, I don't think that they were really completely prepared for what they were going to find on the island. Uh, they came across a. Um, Terrafern. Te- yes, that thing. They came across Terrafern and. Uh, uh, we found we, these guys acted like this was something that they had never seen before. Interesting. I mean, they haven't been here in a century, and I I don't think they're terrified anywhere else. Okay, that's good. They don't know what's here, which means they're not ready for what's here. Had they disrupted the elementals? Yes, we did come across a group of air elementals that they had driven away and were highly agitated we didn't engage with them that's not what we're there for but no, that's uh, fine they're that's make- fine they're they're making a ruckus and they really don't care who they who they put out okay well that's not good it's not okay i don't i don't like this uh okay but you got you boys did good thank you uh, and sal's okay you guys are okay no one got hurt or anything. Everybody's everybody's good. I uh, I got a splinter. Oh, those are never fun. I, I, I he he has that moment like that. He managed to refrain from using on it. It's okay. I I I got it out with the flare arrow and I and I banished it with one of the bolas. Okay. Um, <laughs> strong, aggressive use of medicine. I like it. Uh. Sure. All right. Good. He looks at Sal with this kind of like, what? Okay. All right. Whatever. That's fine. That's fine. Well, first aid's important skill. Glad, <laughs> glad you're learning. That's strong. Okay. All right. Uh, you guys regroup. Get some rest. Probably gonna have something else for you in the next few days. We gotta figure out what's happening here. As much as uh, I don't trust the chasm, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. But you guys, you guys did good. Uh, and he uh, he motions to uh, one of the chests. Uh, pays in there, and there's a there's a small chest inside that chest. There's a bunch of stuff in it, but there's a small chest. And when you take it out, it's got 100 gold in it, so 50 for each of you. And, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Good work. Okay, so that's actually where we're going to stop for now. And, uh, hi. How's it going, guys? I'm Ryan. I'm the Dungeon Master for City on the Hill Gaming. Uh, no no intro, we just jumped straight into the the Halflings and the Gnomes and the Warforged and the Goliaths. We're just all, we're all in. So joining me today, uh, Two gentlemen who have not played with us before, but I'm very excited to have on. Uh, we have Brian and James from the Geek at Arms podcast. Hello. Greetings. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you guys joining me. Um, big fan of your show. Hashtag Arms Geek. Um, just because I like that that's the, the... You guys are at Arms Geek on Twitter, is that right? Yes. Because uh, Geek at Arms was already taken. That's okay, because this one's funny. I probably uh, didn't like the in the middle of the name. There's, that's fair. 
Um, okay, so tell me about Geek at Arms podcast. Just to give you a little bit of the of the history of it, was that um, uh, there was one time long ago when all three of us, myself, Brian, and Mike, we lived in fairly close proximity to each other, and all three of us are just immense geeks, and uh, our geekery goes in all different directions. We have a lot of it in common, a lot of it that is unique to each to just each of us. And even though life has taken the three of us to literally the separate ends of the country, uh, we've all stayed in touch. And a few years ago, um, Mike and I were talking about how much, how fun it would be to do a podcast. Uh, this was years ago enough that podcasting was still something that was, you know, wasn't on everyone's radar. And he and I were just really getting into, and we thought at first like a, a board game uh, podcast or a game podcast would be great, especially from a Christian perspective. But then we started to expand it. We're like, you know, why just stop at games and board games? Why not encompass all of our interests? And uh, because, you know, the more the merrier and uh, more hands make for light work. I'm like, we need to get Brian in on this. Um both partly because I always look for any chance I can get to talk with my friends and also because he is directly responsible for a lot of my geeky hobbies. So therefore <laughs> I, I decided long ago, since that's, he's the one who pulled me in, he has a moral obligation to be there to assist me at any time I need it. It's his um, responsibility. Punishment. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He is my geek IT. Um, okay. Art strong. I like it. <laughs> and uh, this was something that I, just made up a long time ago and i'm he, backing he's, it he's up your geek at arms he is mike exactly i like um it. it's good so we uh we we started talking we started talking ideas uh times to record um i actually work for a large christian radio network and uh that enabled us to use one of our recording studios for them to call in or connect over a computer and us to record to try to give it as professional a sound as possible. And, uh, and make yeah, up for that by having completely unprofessional conversations. Yes. I, I don't think any podcast really gets heavily professional. We struggle. <laughs> Ours is just puns, puns and occasional combat. I mean, that's really all it is. And I'm and fine with that. Everyone's fine. Uh, we've enjoyed listening to your guys' podcast as well, and I think it should be, you know, if you don't laugh when you're doing an RPG, then in my opinion, you're just, you're missing out. Right. Probably well, and, doing it wrong. Yeah, like, yes. you, you want to enjoy it, and uh, we do. <laughs> we definitely do. So, and uh, the reason, uh, we've, we haven't had really anyone ask it, but uh, the reason we are called Geek at Arms is because, and anyone who's listened to the podcast more than one episode knows I am a huge medieval history geek. Um, and there is a, uh, well, all, and honestly, all the good podcast names, Christian podcast names are already taken. And <laughs> um, you're not super wrong about that. There are a lot of, there are a lot more of them than I realized. It's, uh, that's what I found out when I was like workshopping names. But uh, there are, there were in, in medieval times, there was a class of people called uh, um, men at arms and men at arms would work for a, a lord for a knight and in exchange for uh, service whether it would be taking care of the um, 
you know, taking care of the the knight's arms, the lord's arms, uh, uh, being in his house, serving as guards. That the lord would 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 clothe them, help train them, um, and and do much more. And I kind of thought that that is what uh, we do, you know, uh, as in service to God. And um, and so we're not just men at arms; we are geek at arms. And you've got you've got an, uh, you've got a real purpose behind it, and I like that. Yes, and uh, and Brian came up with a just I haven't bragged about it nearly enough a fan a fantastic logo, um, and uh, I still remember when he just like he 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 drew up just a quick just just on the computer real quickly like a guy with a suit of armor and a shield and he sent it to me and i'm like i love it but i will admit when i first saw it i was like that's awesome but then i instantly had a complaint because did you did you have to put a a, a snout nosed helm on him i hate <laughs> i i hate those but that that was my that was my only gripe but the fact that he's got a, a d12 on the shield he's holding a lightsaber i'm like perfect absolutely perfect I did try it with, uh, what do they call that, loaf-shaped helmet, and the, mm -hmm. the light didn't work right. I didn't like it. Fair enough. I never noticed that was a lightsaber or a D12 on it. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm looking at it right now. That's very cool. I like that. I appreciate we, you guys uh... joining us. It's a uh... because I know I knew I knew from listening. You guys have have dabbled significantly. Uh, in the tabletop gaming world, um, and I, I felt like you guys would be a a good option to reach out to for this little. This is this is not part of our main series, and this is also not a side quest. I'm hoping hoping for uh, at some point over the coming weeks or months, uh, as adulting allows, um, for kind mm -hmm. of a series of recordings, not not like a full campaign, but definitely definitely seeing more of Hal and uh, and Federnick. And maybe maybe a few other friends. Well, I can tell you that uh, when you sent us the message, I became super excited. One, not just because I thought this would be a great chance to connect with other Christian geeks and podcasters out there, but for the first time in forever, I actually get to play. <laughs> And I know, I know, I definitely know Brian shares that sentiment. Yeah, opportunities are rarely rare these days. It uh, mm -hmm. it can be a struggle at times. I feel that. I definitely feel that. It took me about less than two seconds to decide. Yes, I want to do that. So uh, we hope you guys enjoy this first session of our our Injoru, uh, or as it's it's also known the uh, the Unknown Shores sessions. Uh, we'll hopefully get this out soon. Get some uh, get some more recordings together in the future. And uh, if you like it, City on a Hill Gaming on Twitter. Uh, City on a Hill. No, no, I always do that wrong. City on a Hill Game on Twitter. Character limits. Uh, City on a Hill Gaming at gmail.com and City on a Hill Gaming.com. Uh, and where can they find you guys on social media? We're Geek you... at Arms on Facebook. Geek at Arms.com is our blog and at Arms Geek on Twitter. And of course, you can find this in the Apple iTunes Store and Google Play. And uh, and all this will be available in the show notes. Uh, and also, go check out Saving the Game. We're doing some syndication stuff with them. Check out their fine podcast, uh, Saving the Game, uh, at STGCast. Or no, I'm sorry, at Saving the Game on Twitter. 
Um, STG Cast is their Twitch channel, I believe. I was watching Peter stream uh, XCOM last night. Mm-hmm. Good time. So yes, go check out Geek Geek at Arms. Uh, check them out on Twitter. Listen to that podcast. It is just it's quite entertaining just to listen to three of the three of you go back and forth. Uh, Mike's um, was it Z- Zombie Apocalypse Plan of the Week? Is that what it's called? Absolutely. Yes. yes. That's uh, the be- best way to end a show. It really is. It's and they're so inventive. Because mm-hmm. I can't think like of a better word. People like gnomes and halflings. We are reviewing the classic fantasy movie Willow in our next episode. Unintentional tie-in, but I'll take it. <laughs> Which uh, Ryan, I hope that this will mean that you will be watching it soon yourself. Ah, man, I I don't know that I can handle his hair. That was a. Uh... Those that those sweet sweet flowing locks and braids, man. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to see what's out there. Uh, oh wait 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 till you see him in a dress. Oh that's uh, yeah, <laughs> wasn't expecting that. All right, <laughs> that's always something to not look forward to. That's good. All right, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to City on the Hill Gaming. For more information, you can find us online at cityonthehillgaming.com, email us at cityonthehillgaming at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at cityonthehillgame. For more information on saving the game, you can find Peter, Grant, and Jenny at stgcast.org or at Saving the Game on Twitter. Thanks, and have a blessed day.